Chromatic Life Podcast. Yo me llamo Javier Payano y estoy aquí, como siempre, con mi amigo Matt Lancaster. Matt, ¿cómo estás? Um, muy bien. That's going to be the most you <laughs> me right now because I know puedo argüir mi lápiz o puedo ir al baño. Uh, you know, outside of asking for pencil sharpenings and toilets, I don't remember much from Spanish 3, unfortunately. But... I do have a great friend that was on episode two of Geeks and Sneaks who is a Spanish teacher and lived in Spain for a year and speaks fluent Espanol. But I'm here to, of course, be nothing more than the token white guy, but I did get a great uh, person to be on the show later. I'm going to let Javi introduce him in a little bit. Absolutely. We can't wait to get to know our guest. Matt, we're going to have to get you going on the Spanish because this is a multilingual podcast here so don't worry about that we'll get you going eventually we are also joined today as always by tanya de pass tanya how you I'm doing i'm good porque no hable español conmigo me gustaría siempre hablar con usted como te sientes hoy muy bien muy bien quiero jugando con mis amigos <laughs> ah me encanta como hablas español así ah, poquito más o menos pero nunca tiene tiempo para practicar con mi amigos o mi amigas o en, en el trabajo. Wow, that was amazing, Tanya. Good job. <laughs> already, already know what the name of this episode is going to be. <laughs> rico, qué rico. And now it is time to find out if our wonderful guest, Mr. Quinn Murphy, speaks Spanish. Quinn Murphy, say hello to the people. Hello, and I, I know un poco. It's it's been a very long time, and uh, uh, there there is uh, no small amount of rest. Español, I got. All right. Well, pretty soon it's going to be the most spoken language, if it's not already in the world. It's true. Um, it's true, definitely. So, Quinn, let's uh let's dig deep right into you. Uh, why don't you tell the people? Um, what makes you so amazing? I mean, you're obviously a tech wizard and you've got the wonderful Thought Crime games up and running. So tell us a little bit about what you got going on. Um, yeah, uh, I mean, uh, I, I, I guess, uh, you know, uh, you know, I, I, I'm a Linux admin by trade. Um, and for the last, I guess, geez, um, almost 10 years or so, I've been doing uh, freelancing and blogging uh, about uh, tabletop. RPGs there, so uh, you know RPGs, but not like uh, Warcraft RPG, like D and D and uh, other games of its ilk. Uh, there, that sort of has just always been sort of my passion, and so I, you know, I, 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 I mean, I guess if I have a claim to fame, I would just, it would just be that I, I just think differently about the games. I think, uh, and and you know. Some some people love it, some people hate it. That's you know that's fine. Um, but you know I I, I just try and uh, you know and I also go on long Twitter rants uh, about about, <laughs> yes, about these I thoughts that those. I have. Uh, you know I, I I break the break the format quite quite often, almost daily at this point. But we'll so so when you say you you think differently about the games themselves, can you expand upon that? Like how do you look at them differently compared to what the normal person would? Um, you know, I, I, I guess I just, you know, I've, I've, I want to, 
also sort of add, even though I've only been sort of working um, on a professional, semi-professional basis uh, on tabletop games for uh, almost a decade now, I've been playing them for almost my whole life. I've been playing them for, um, I, in a few years, I'll have been playing them for like 30 years um, and actively, uh, you know, involved in like DMing and GMing them. So, so like I have a very long history uh, with them. So sometimes people see my stuff and then they sort of, you know, they try and, you know, they decide they want to give me a history lesson because they're like, oh, you must be new here. And it's like, well, <laughs> you, you know, th th this is really like, like some of the thoughts I have are really more evolutions than they are of like, huh, you know, I don't see this because I'm, you know, I just showed up here. I, I've been yeah. around for a while. Um, and, and sort of where my thought process has evolved into is I just have, uh, for whatever reason, uh, gotten to this point where uh, I'm, unwilling to accept some default assumptions that we've made about tabletop games about, um, you know, do they have to be about, uh, you know, uh, follow these kind of uh, what I, what I've referred to as sort of a colonial fantasy model where we uh, kill things and take their stuff. Right. Mm -hmm. That could be fun. Yeah. Um, but I don't think that has to be the default mode of play, uh, you know, th things like that. So, you know, I mean, I do in, in working on uh, my games uh, probably, uh, I have a few games that I, I've released on my own now, um, and I have one uh, I have is out in beta. Uh, I'm working on sort of a, a big revision. Uh, hopefully this fall it'll be out. It's called uh, Five Fires, and it's a game about uh, it's a RPG uh, about uh, playing a hip hop crew in in the 80s. Oh, cool! And uh, you know, and, and it takes uh, I, I think a, a bit of a different stance. On, on things instead of you're you're not trying to level up hip hop artists and you know get more experience points you're trying to sort of you know I'm trying to get to a part where you're talking where art is actually the thing that you're using to heal from the stress of your everyday life things like that it's just you know uh, I, I I hesitate to say that I'm the most unique person in the world or anything <laughs> like that I I, I, don't, I don't think that, that. <laughs> <laughs> you know I, I I don't think that but I I know that I don't. Um, I don't take what I don't take the hobby at face value. Okay, yeah, you're not a cookie cutter believer in what what they normally tell you should be the way to do it, and I think it's pretty cool. I, I I think nowadays, at least now that we've progressed a little bit, I think uh, doing a game such as that and bring it maybe full circle again uh, should be a little bit more popular or a little bit more viable in the marketplace compared to what it probably was even ten years ago when you first started. Mm -hmm. You know, and, and and that's one of the things, too, is like one of my big missions, uh, one of my big hopes and dreams is that, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm used to I'm used to being sort of one of the only or one of a few uh, people of color in the room playing that it doesn't really bother me that much, except that I, I feel like there are these great games of imagination that I know other people of color would really enjoy, but there's all this sort of, uh, sort of weird cultural inertia and resistance at, uh, uh, based on these games, um, sometimes in the design, sometimes just in, in where they're normally being played, where people go, well, that, that game's not for me. And I want to, one of my big goals is to try and make games that go, no, no, this game actually is for you. Uh, and let me show you, you why. Let me, let me, you know, part of, part of the questioning the assumptions is trying to wipe out the stuff that keeps people away and trying to sort of reach into new markets. 
and I think it's amazing because personally, I, I was never a huge Dungeons and Dragons guy. I just never had the time for mm-hmm. what my buddies would do, and um, I get I think it was because I had a girlfriend. But uh, outside of that, uh, no, I never had the chance to play uh, with a person of color. It was always your normal geeky white guys that always play mm-hmm. D&D. So I would love if more people were brought into it that weren't just geeky white guys. You know, or, I mean, there were some girls too, but I have to admit where I was at or where I'm at, it's been mostly guys. And mm-hmm. um, I would love to see more people get involved. I would love to play a game like yours. I mean, heck, if someone like me can enjoy hip-hop, then why couldn't someone that supposedly would think something like Dungeons & Dragons, and for them, come and play and enjoy it and be a part of the community? Mm-hmm. That's exactly. cool. Mm-hmm. Awesome. So let's break a couple things down for our listeners. You mentioned a couple things here. You said uh, RPG, and RPG is a role-playing game. So your tabletop mm-hmm. games have role-playing elements in them. Mm-hmm. Can you talk about that? Yeah. Um, you know, there are basically uh, – there are lots of different forms of it. Uh, you know, we uh, the, the thing I won't do is try and art, open up a thing of fully what an RPG is because there are lots of different competing theories. But I, I, I'd like to say at sort of the basics of it uh, – uh, a role-playing game is sort of, uh, I, I like to say, say it is sort of similar to the the games you might play uh, on, you know, uh, you know, on like a PlayStation or something, uh, except where the rendering engine is everyone's imagination, right? And it's and it's conducted through conversation, right? So you know, I might be tell you where you are, you know, hey, you guys are walking into a room and you see these things and then people can ask questions and we sort of talk and what through the course of a conversation, we're building a story and sort of a history. Uh, you know, it, it's cool where in most games where there's like a winner or loser, the thing that you have left behind in a role-playing game is a story. And you as the dungeon master are revealing this story to the rest of the players. Is that right? Yeah. And, you know, in some games don't even have a, a dungeon master. Some of them are just, um, they sort of play and everybody takes on a small bit of the kind of authority figure. You know, I mean, they, they've expanded so much, uh, you know, it's, it's out of scope to try and get the full range. But, you know, there, there are a lot of ways that you can uh, have that conversation that creates a story. And in which ways do you have that conversation in Five Fires? That's your hip-hop RPG. Uh, in Five Fires, it's a lot about the, the basic the basic kind of uh, notion of Five Fires is that uh, art is the thing that helps us cope with our lives, helps us understand, helps us deal uh, with, with the pains and the obstacles of life. So... Uh, in Five Fires, it's not about making. It's it's not a game about necessarily uh, becoming some big, well-known hip hop artist. Although that might happen, it's uh, you know the game is based around uh, you as a real person and the problems that you might have. You might you might be broke. Um, you might need to pay rent. Uh, you know, and it's due like in a, a, a week. Uh, you know, real people problems, and then you accumulate stress through. The, trying to deal with those problems. Uh, and then one of the ways that you can help either overcome problems or help heal that stress is uh, by making art. And so there are sort of uh, mechanics and systems to simulate making art without you having to be sort of like a incredible freestyle MC or something like that. They, they, they just sort of simulate the, the feel of it. Um, and so then you make, you know, you, you try and solve your problems 
make art and then your art can sometimes get you fame and sort of push you along there. So, so you might, you might become super famous at the sort of end of a campaign, um, or you just might be some guy who released a couple of cool albums or, or, you know, made a cool graffiti piece or something like that. It's not fame. Isn't, it's not about fame. It's about you and if you can grow and how art can help you grow. This sounds like it could be my most favorite tabletop game of all time. <laughs> I, I cannot wait to play it. I was going to say the same thing. I, I first, of course, thought of you, Javier, with your musical talents. There's me, the guy that would be the uh, guy who plays on the street in the underwear, like in New York, because that's about <laughs> as good as I am with a guitar and singing. But uh, I love that idea, and uh, art does heal. And my wife and I had helped basically create found however you want to say it be a founder of a art center for underprivileged youth in our area so that really hits me strong i was thinking maybe you could make a tape the musings of quinn murphy so i could use that to soothe myself to sleep and think how great art is because i think you articulate that very well oh thank you and and um you know i'm sure we'll hear from tonya how art helps her release her stressors in a little bit but 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 i think i think we want to also point out that is as uh unique as quinn is there's someone even more unique than maybe all three of us combined. She has been the magazine that we've all looked at but would never be in. And more than likely, if we had the book right now, we would not read the article that she had. And Tanya, would you like to tell us about Playboy? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my. Yeah, I, I, I had to do it. It was popping in my head the whole time. I was like, I'm going to segue into this pretty well. That was amazing. Uh, I have it every once in a while. Uh, you have it all the time. That's You're awesome. Thank you. Um, so, yes, yeah, so I can honestly say I was in Playboy and that people can say that they read it for the articles. Um, I actually <laughs> didn't know that Playboy covered gaming, but um, Catriel on, I'm sorry, Kit Flowerstorm on Twitter, you know, pinged me. I was like, hey, I'm writing this piece. Is it, would you be interested? And I was like, sure, why not? What's it about? And, you know, she explained that, well, I'm profiling people for this article in Playboy, and I was like, okay, sure, and it, you know, like, it had been a while ago, and, you know, as you, as you do with publishing, you may write an article now, and it may not go live for a couple weeks, I just randomly thought about it, Pengner, she's like, actually, it's going live today, and I was like, oh, okay then, um, <laughs> and even though I was at work, I still, like, went to the Playboy site and looked for it, and it was pretty awesome to, like, you know, be um, counted among women, like, Merrick Copas and um, Soha Karimi and Brianna Wu and um, Anna McGill because like these are all people that I follow them I admire their work and there I was included with them and, and Rihanna Pratchett, Pratchett I hope I said that right um, you know these are all people making such effective change and I, I had a little bit of imposter syndrome that kicked in because I was like I don't actually make video games you know, I talk about them, I dissect them, and I write about them, but I haven't actually made a game. Then I realized that was really fucking stupid. Because, <laughs> you know, if people didn't think what I did had value, they wouldn't have asked me to be in the article. Absolutely. You're a rock star. I think You it's, deserve to be in Playboy. Yeah, I think it's easy for us to kind of, you know, turn ourselves around and kind of be down on ourselves or think that, 
you know, we don't have the worth that we have. But obviously, like you said, this solidified some of that, obviously, because if you weren't awesome, like Javier said, you wouldn't have been in Playboy. Yep. They don't let just any Joe Schmo in there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, you were, you were with the Woo. That means something. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> with the it, it's really awesome, and I I believe she's going to be at Gamer X this year. So hopefully, I can actually you know say hi in person instead of on Twitter. Um, that'd be cool. So yeah, so so that was my brush with fame in in Playboy, because I I'm a I'm a little shit. I just sent my coworkers a, a note that said, "Hey, I'm in Playboy," and that was all I said. <laughs> <laughs> Let them worry Let them about sort it out. <laughs> yeah, I'm a t- I'm a terrible little shit some days, but I was like, I have to do this. I, this is the only time I can get away with this. <laughs> That's true. That is true. And that what, was there perfectly. any coworker who just piped up and said, "Hey, I know, I know already." Um, and then you're just like, "Gotcha." <laughs> um, no, because I work in an office full of women, and as far as I know, oh. I I none of them. Read well, f- I, some of my coworkers I don't know like that. Um. <laughs> <laughs> What's your magazine of choice? It's like, yeah, I was reading that while I was on the toilet. Obviously, I knew you were Playboy. <laughs> well, I found out actually that it is only in the online edition. There's not a print edition I can go grab. So I'm probably going to screenshot this and, you know, keep it forever and ever. Awesome. So even though you're not a developer, uh, I believe the headline is Women Changing the Gaming Industry. Um. S- for the better, Six right? women for whipping the gaming industry yes. into shape. Yeah, so that's mm-hmm. something definitely that you are doing. I mean, you started a hashtag I need diverse games and a lot of people mm-hmm. that, you know, that resonated with them and I think it opened the doors. People are talking about it. There's other hashtags that have come out of that. So, congratulations to you. Um I'm sure I speak for Matthew when I say we couldn't be prouder to have mm-hmm. such an amazing well-known co-host. So, Tanya, you're awesome. Never think anything other than You're that. so going to yep. make me cry. <laughs> 100% agree with the yeah. Javier. <laughs> Thank you. I'll definitely chime Good in problem. on that. Thank you, Quinn. All right. Um Now let's talk about something that is not awesome. <laughs> at all. <laughs> a lot, at all. A lot of people are talking about this. Um, Quinn, have you seen the movie called Pixels? Who never? I would never. I wouldn't watch Pixels. <laughs> I wouldn't watch Pixels with somebody else's eyeballs. Wow. <laughs> I, like, I gotta. Like, I, I, I gotta I, I tweet even that. Watch it by proxy. I'm gonna have to tweet that for um, a minute. <laughs> yeah. I, so, let's, so, what is Pixels, Matthew? Uh, hmm. Okay. So. So is anybody here an Ernest Klein fan? Mm. Like the Ready Player One book? Heard of, haven't read it though yet. Okay, so I think it's amazing. He's a very nostalgic 80s type of person. And his book that he writ, wrote recently that just came out the same time Pixels did is almost the same exact story, only I guarantee you it's amazing compared to the movie. But let's be honest. So the idea is, is that Kevin James is our president – like the President of the United States. This is in Pixels now. In Pixels. Yeah, trust me. <laughs> well, Kevin James would be better than Donald Trump, but that's a whole other story. We'll get to that later, maybe. <laughs> but anyways, um, Kevin James is the president, and Adam Sandler works for, like, the Geek Squad. And supposedly these aliens go ahead and come down to Earth, and they are in the form of video games. And Kevin James gets his longtime or old friend, who was an amazing video game player, Adam Sandler, Peter Dinklage, and someone else to come save the world 
by killing all the video game aliens. And that's the idea of the movie. And, but let's be honest. When was the last time Adam Sandler had a good movie? Half past never. I mean, I would say Punch Drunk Love. Yeah, anybody uh, seen that, that, that That's what I was going to sort of volunteer. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I could go as far as maybe even saying Spanglish uh, <laughs> or something like that. Maybe Click was okay. Um, but Sandler's washed up. Uh, his movie stinks. Peter Dinklage, it's a shame he was in the movie because he's an amazing actor. It was just a big... I, I haven't seen it before what I read and what I even saw in the two minutes of horrifying uh, you know, trailer. It looks like a big steaming pile of poo. This whole film, the plot of this film, is literally an episode of Futurama. <laughs> That's, that is true. I didn't think about that. Yeah, it's it's legit. It's like the plot of that one Futurama episode. I'm not sure which one. Um, is this a cash grab? Are they just trying to cash in on 80s nostalgia with this? Or do you think that Adam Sandler really loves Pac-Man and King Kong and et cetera, et cetera? It's all about money. Oh, go ahead, Quinn. Oh, I, I was going to say, I, I'm sure that he has like a fondness for for these kind of things but then it's you know does that translate to like making a good movie right like you know like like i like those old games i don't think i could make a good movie out of those right like because i just don't i don't make movies right you know it's like i feel like it's it's almost for him like a matter of like not even passion but craft at this point yeah i mean i don't know i'm sure it's partially cash grab i mean in a way uh I don't know. It probably also, right? He was, and think about Jim Carrey. Now, Jim Carrey's gone a different route, and I like where Jim Carrey's career has gone compared to Adam Sandler's, but I think we all, at one point in time, at least if you're that, let's say, either talented or respected or liked, you always want to be on top. So, like, any way you could get back to the center of attention, you probably try to gravitate towards that. So, essentially, he might know that Gaming is big right now. Geeks are in. Let's make a movie like that about stuff I kind of liked, and let's just make it funny in the Adam Sandler way and put it out there. And hopefully it makes me famous or gives me money. I think that's really what Adam Sandler's kind of about right now, unfortunately. And that has silenced the room. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, how about uh, don't watch Pixels and instead go and get yourself a copy of Armada by Ernest Cline. There you go. Or go see Ant-Man. A better better bang for your buck. Or go see which one? Ant-Man. Ant-Man with Paul Rudd. How was that? Ant-Man was uh, quite funny. So it's it's kind of a mixture between like – your normal, like, say, Captain America Iron Man origin story and a cross of Guardians of the Galaxy when it comes to funniness. It's, like, in between those. Mm. Interesting. Yeah. So, I'll tell you what. How about, um, Tanya, you hit up the next subject, because I think we've pretty much evaporated everything <laughs> we wanted to talk about with pixels yeah other than if you have 10 minutes to spare listen to the movie bob's review it is amazing i was laughing so hard i cried and it was funny tears and we'll have a link in the show notes oh i have to see that then. oh my god it's amazing um 
And I'm not usually one for like ranty, ravey reviews, but I listened to that at work. My coworker thought something was wrong with me because I was <laughs> cackling. Um, but but speaking of people thinking things are wrong with you, um, there was an article on Medium by Jamie Varon called Stop Trying to Inspire Me, Internet. And I thought it was really interesting because we're, we often see articles with just be happy, go on a hike, you know, here's 10 tips to spruce up your mental health, and it's all bullshit. It, it's, it, it struck a chord with me because I feel like too often we try to scrub away the dirty parts of we're, pe- we're real people, things are not always perfect, things are hard, people have bad fucking days. And, you know, look at this picture of a puppy, or, you know, look at Martha Stewart, and if you buy all of her shit, you too can be just like her and a perfect homemaker. I hate those articles. I hate them. I hate them so much. Um, and I was having a, a moment of, I was really tired of people going, oh my god, you're so awesome for saying how difficult things are for you. And I'm like, it's real life. Things are not always perfect. And this idea that no one's supposed to ever talk about the hard times really just pisses me off. Well, I think uh, Inside Out, if you want to say that, I hate to throw in a Disney Pixar movie, but actually dives into this and shows that you need um, sadness and sorrow to go ahead and make it better to have joyous moments again. And let's be honest, I mean, the stuff that... (laughs) Uh, anybody of a person of color is going through right now is way more than I can ever describe because there is a lot of shit going on and there's a lot of crazy stuff out there. And if anything, uh, you're allowed to have your bad days, especially when you have people uh, like you did today on Twitter ranting at you, Mm. putting out racial slurs. Yeah, that was some special shit. So dear listener, let me have a moment. If you decide that you want to roll into someone's mentions, especially a person of color, and tweet Sambo pics at them and tell them to go back to the zoo and call them chimps, be aware that a lot of people are going to come see you virtually in your inbox and on your TL. Because, you know, today was a day where it's like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm done. I'm done. I stopped and got a six pack on my way home and said, fuck everybody. So, yeah. It, it was not you, the day for this. <laughs> I think you, you, you should explain, just because I didn't know earlier about what, what Sambo was, because I was, you know, obviously not aware of that. Um, Sambo is an old caricature of black folks. So, you know, when you see the happy Negro with watermelon and grinning and dark as dark can be and step you know shuffling in and smiling for master it is that caricature of black folks from from like you know post-slavery not even post-slavery because i i can hear carnithia getting ready to yell at me and give me a history lesson i don't know the exact era that that sambo was prevalent but basically going this is what you are and it was just like I don't know where you came from. I don't know where you're going, but you are going to get the fuck out of my mentions today. Um, and ironically, the person that they were tweeting that at, the other person is white. So they were basically just there to make fun, especially when you're retweeting a white person, I would think. Yeah, well, you know, their definition of fun and my definition of fun, it, it's like that moment in The <laughs> Avengers. 
We have very different definitions of fun. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, 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 so, I, I that, that, see, that's that, that's all you can do. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we, we were we were talking about it earlier a little bit. I was I was talking to one of my friends. Um, we were talking about Hearthstone. Now, this is totally different. I understand it's it's not the same, but he's twenty two. All American, bred white boy, you know, tall, thin, played sports, everything else. He plays Hearthstone with a name called Nate Dog, and because his name was Nate Dog, okay, um, someone messaged him after a game, friended him, and called him. He must be a uh, crackhead welfare baby because he wouldn't call himself Nate Dog if that was the case. And then went on to other things to say about him. And then he just responded with like, oh, cool, are you done? Because if so, we should be friends and we should start playing some Hearthstone together. You know, Tilly dismissed it, but he was like, you know, they're keyboard warriors. And that's mm-hmm. basically what you end up having with a lot of people, I think. Especially mm-hmm. on Twitter. Let's be honest, Twitter's awesome, but it's also the biggest cesspool of activity probably out there on the internet outside of Reddit. Mm. Well, Twitter's not I mean, really in a rush to do much about it either. Yeah, exactly. And- Twitter doesn't really care to a degree. I mean, when there's something high profile like Brianna Wu, maybe they do a little bit. But outside of that, if it's not high profile, people, they just let it go and it runs rampant for the most part. Yeah, I, I think I think Quinn ha- had some thoughts on that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Quinn. I, I mean, uh, you know, we, we were sort of uh, talking about this a little bit before the show. Sort of one, one of the things I've noticed is that a lot of the times these people like the one person to talk to, to your friend and the person who was sort of throwing this stuff at at uh tanya is so they seem right like you know they're, they're sort of a self a self appointed agents of the status quo right and they don't want to see things change and then they see someone say like tanya sort of changing things right and so then they go well they can't create stuff uh you know they don't they barely have imaginations um you know if they've you know it's a miracle that they can you know uh, use language, right, uh, to a certain sense, right? But so, but they've got just enough cunning to say, hey, if I just make it hard for you to do things, like if I try and wreck your day, I don't have to do anything after that because you're the you're the person who has to do the work. So I'm just going to make your life hard, and I'm going to try and make it feel like the things you do aren't going to change this, right? Like that, that I'm just going to try and throw all this drivel in your face and hope that something stick and sort of you know, cause you, you know, if they could get you to, you know, not do something for a little while, they're like, yes, success, you know, and, and it's weird because that kind of uh, taxation is hard for a lot of these social media places to really, I, I don't think they, they get all these other metrics, but they don't get what that's about. Yeah. And I mean, really, the, the funny thing is, is <laughs> Tanya, you hold all the power. They think they hold the power, right? It's just a bully. Mm-hmm. It's like the greatest well-known bullying tactic that still goes on no matter where we're at, right? We talk about cyberbullying. I know, Javier, you probably know about that all the time with school. I, mean, I know my wife deals with it all the time and how great it is now with, with social media. As great as social media is, it causes these issues. And like you said, there's no metric they can really have unless they're going to search for certain words or whatever. And who knows? Mm-hmm. Uh, if they could sift through all that, you know, mindless drivel that's out there, as you said, it's it's ridiculous. But it wrecked your day, did it not? He he partially got some part of you to to maybe give up a little bit, not for the long period, but for let's say two hours. If that, like like I had my moment, I was just like, okay, look, we need to have some clarification on 
I'm not the one to be fucking with because I'm ornery. <laughs> you know what? I'll go. I'll go have my moment. I'll go talk to my friends. Get it out of my system. You know, if it even gets to me, because most of the time the shit doesn't even bother me. But today was just that day, and it only reinforces me to keep coming back and be harder. Because you know. I've said it before, and I will say it every time I get the chance. I'm that ornery asshole. The more you push me, the more mm-hmm. that I'm going to push back, and I'm going to fight harder. So, you know, the, the sea lions in my mentions can go catch a fucking fish off a short pier. <laughs> yeah, Tanya, and I appreciate that you're so tough, you know, and you, uh, you take that negativity and you use it to fuel you because you know you have a bigger mission in mind. Uh, unfortunately, it's not the case with... Um, all of the women who work in tech and particularly in the video game industry. I know that this is uh, really evoking for me um, at uh, the game developers conference this year. In one of the panels, they actually left a seat open uh, in a way to honor uh, the women who have been essentially harassed out of the tech industry, who have you know retired and gone on to do work in other fields just because of the amount of vitriol that women receive uh, in this industry and a lot of their male counterparts will say well you kind of have a kind of have to have a thick skin to work in this industry and I think that uh, people just really do not understand how terrible it is for women you know and the amount of harassment that they uh, receive online it's it's just if, if men only understood what women go through in situations like that hmm. And it's not it's not just even video games, right? Let's let's look at it. Women are still not paid the same amount for the same position that a man has. Like why? It makes no sense. It's you know, I hate to be I sometimes I hate to be a white guy. You know, I hate to say it that way, but let's be honest, who is it that causes the problems? The white dudes. Right? The old boys club. They're I the ones that from rush hour. They <laughs> they're the ones that keep down the people of color. They're the ones that keep down Anybody wants to come in and be an immigrant, like Donald Trump, he wants to send them all back and then he bring the good ones home. And then we have also with women, right? I mean, how many times do you hear, get in the kitchen and make me some pie, the joke that you might tell, or, you know, what's a woman good for, barefoot, pregnant, making me dinner, or whatever it may be. There's still that mindset. I don't understand. It's 20 freaking 15. Where are we? And then for myself, there's also the part that I'm a Christian, right? And I try to act like... You know, without getting my soapbox, Christ as much as possible. Um, but yet, everybody else that calls them that, you see them go to church, they all have their hour of praise on a Sunday, then the rest of the week, they are vile human beings, but pretend for that one hour to be this uh, gracious and fulfilling person. Mm-hmm. And like I said, let's be honest, at the end of the day, the most problems start when it comes from the top down is your white dudes. Just well, saying. That- Although I'd sort of say, too, though, even in that situation, it's sort of like it's a system, right? It's like you could easily like I could, you know, if we changed everything around but didn't change the systems, right, we could just put some other group at top and like the whole dynamics would just play out the same. We would just sort of shuffle the chairs, you know, and that and that's and it's really like the like all that stuff that, you know, we've used that enables to sort of take one group and then sort of put them like way atop and then get all these benefits for like nothing uh and sort of while other people are spending all this energy trying to you know catch up 
Yeah, I, I think probably. But then I also think about, you know, um, okay, so I, I don't know if anybody watched the news today, but uh, the church that uh, Martin Luther King Jr. was from, was baptized at, they had four Confederate flags laid out by like two white guys. And the, uh, the response of a white person, it mm. could be because they're at the top. I don't know, Quinn. It could be because we're at mm. the top and we have been top of the mountain. But I swear to you, the response of a, a black person, whether it be in the 60s mm. or even today with these religious leaders, I, I mean, it chokes me up because talk about, I don't know, just for some, for I don't know how you guys do it that, that are, are people of color, specifically black culture, but there seems to be a lot easier going or forgiveness or love for humanity than there is in the, in, in a white person. <laughs> because I'm sorry. I, I, no, no, it's okay. But you watch and you see these men in, in the, I mean, it's basically like, you know, you might as well just take me, tie me up and piss in my face by just putting that flag there. That's what it's like. And he comes out and, and it's, it's almost like, yeah, this is bad, but you know, we're going to go out our business and we're going to forgive them and everything mm-hmm. else. And I think to myself like, good Lord, I, I have faith, but to be that way, I mean, and to have it every freaking day, it seems like, anymore. I mean, the last time I could think about it being like this, in my opinion, was like the Rodney King riot time period. You know, of course, I was only like uh, 10 or 11 years old, but I just, I can't believe in this date and time, this is, it almost feels like it's going backwards more than it is forwards. And I hate that I'm tied to that in a way. I know I don't speak that or act that, but just tied to it from a standpoint of uh, of my uh, race or color, whatever you want to say. Yeah, I hear a lot of people saying, you know, <sighs> oh, man, it's uh, things are getting bad. They're getting worse. And I'm not sure I believe that. I think that things have always been bad and we're just, we're just hearing getting visibility. about it more often. Yeah, we're, we're getting visibility in the, and it's as as frightening as some of the stuff is, as sort of dire as some of the stuff seems, it's sort of. It's like we can't, you know, it's interesting. Like sometimes I'll hear things like this, um, you know, people are like, well, you know, everybody's to blame. Everyone's, you know, blah, blah, blah. Let's like, you know, let's just, you know, the, the reason we're having these problems is we're talking about them. And it was like, well, <laughs> you know, it's like, okay, interesting. So uh, how about this? Uh, you'd like to like earn a gazillion dollars. Um, so the first thing I want you to do is never talk about money. Right. Because that's how people get wealthy, isn't it? Oh, no. Is because you figure out what, you know, it's like you can't fix things that you can't talk about. You can't see, you can't correct things that you refuse to see. And that's, um, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a big thing, I think, is just trying to get this visibility so we can actually deal with these things. Yeah, I know that's something that I'm, uh, I'm working to connect with organizations, especially that, um, try to raise awareness for uh, Latino p- young uh, men and women who also have been suffering in a similar way at the hands mm-hmm. of the police. And, you know, um, I feel like I hear even less about that in mm-hmm. the media. Um, and of course, I, as a Latino man, that is something that I am very passionate about. I've probably only heard uh, a few, a few stories and, you know, you're right, Quinn, it is about the visibility and, and, um, an organization, a community coming together to really say, are you serious? You can't see what's happening here. And to like really scream it out in order mm-hmm. to make something happen. So 
mm-hmm. you know i'm glad we're having this conversation we're opening this up for future conversations mm-hmm. yeah i think um right now the most criminalized people are probably muslims and latinos in 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 america's culture i mean people of color too you know in general but you look at the hate from trump lately and so forth mm-hmm. i think a lot of people feel that way about you know especially immigrants from mexico per se uh that everybody's illegal you know i, I even in my little town I, i've had friends that have been basically beat down and said they jumped the fence and everything else and then of course anybody that's muslim or wears a turban they're a terrorist and when it's not like that at all it's that little sect of people that make it worse for everybody but where's it stem from right the media the, you know mm. uh, a lot of the white media in my opinion but for media in general so we have that and then of course as we were talking about women why don't we talk about sandra bland along with a couple other women that have you know once fell to you know the fate of an afterlife uh, when dealing with the police. Um, Quinn, do you want to go first, or? Uh, sure. I mean, so 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 my main thing about um, Sandra Bland and, and these other women, and and just a lot of these things is when it comes down to looking at these things. What one of the things I've noticed is um, that, that, that there are two very different perspectives, uh, um, even amongst sort of. Uh, people who consider themselves pro- progressive, right? I'm, I won't even sort of honor um, the opinions of people who just uh, don't think we have a right to live, right? Um, but just even amongst progressive, and it's, it's, it's a big problem, it's, it's, it's divisive uh, for progressives because some people, uh, and I'm talking progressives, see, see Sandra Bland as a thing that's happening, and then other people see themselves and their families in the, their events, right? They sort of are instantly projected. Like I saw when I, when I saw, you know, the video, um, you know, and I made myself watch that when I, I, I usually try and avoid a lot of these things. Cause it just seems like kind of theater of black death a lot of times. Uh, but I, I felt like I needed to watch that. And, you know, I just instantly saw that, you know, that could have been my mother, my brother, people I know, you know, like friends of mine, like that could be, you know, uh, any black person I know, right, having that happen to them, um, you know, and it, it, it hits you, uh, depending on which of those perspectives you take, it hits you completely differently. Absolutely. It's way different when you can see, you know, you look at that situation and you can see, you know, that could have happened to my family. And I think that's the reaction that every person of color has whenever mm-hmm. these things come up. And, you know, others wonder, it's like, why are you taking it so personally? That wasn't mm-hmm. your family. Well, when you see someone like you, you know, and this mm-hmm. is happening, I mean, it seems like every other week or every week I'm hearing about someone else that this happened to, you know, dying in police custody. Um, it's just hard. It wears on you, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it's hard. And it's like um, for those people not following the news or, you know, avoiding the news because it's fucking terrible. It's hard for me, one, because, you know, I'm an educated black woman and clearly we know that that will not save me. Um, but the fact that people are on TV crying about a fucking lion <laughs> versus being worried about 
the rash of people dying in police custody and blatant lies being told. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's very sobering. Because, you know, like, I live in Chicago. It's not like I don't live around where other black folks are. So it's not like, oh, you're in the wrong part of town. Should I go out and go do my daily life? But... So... <laughs> So you, when you were talking to me about your your day, Tanya, uh-huh. I it, it made me mad, and I went on to Facebook and I posted five hours ago. How about we focus on stopping the egregious actions of black men being shot in the head, black women hung in their cell, children found in dumpster dumpsters or left to burn by a daycare worker? I love animals, but Cecil shouldn't get more attention than a brother, sister, or child. And in that five hours, I have nine likes. Um, And most of the people are either a person of color or married to a person of color that have liked that. And that's it. But if I talked about Cecil or showed the Jimmy Kimmel um, episode Mm -hmm. where he cries, I guarantee you there'd be a hell of a lot more likes and uh, a lot more Mm -hmm. shares on Facebook. Oh, for sure. It's like we can all agree that you know, animals shouldn't be killed. We can all agree on that. Yeah. Yeah. But, but for some reason, uh, a, a person, I, I, that's what I, I like. I like organizations. I have no problem with organizations like PETA or people who are animal lovers. I, I, I'm an animal lover, have multiple animals in my house and, and so forth. I've had animals all my life. I wanted to be a vet at one point in time, um, but didn't want to go to school for eight years, but that was when I was young and, and didn't think that, you know, the same way as I do now. But the bottom line is, and part of me thinks, well, if we can't treat an, a helpless animal well, how can we expect to respect even a human being? Like, mm-hmm. it, 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 I don't want to get in the whole, you know, we could get into a whole bunch of different topics about yeah. how if we can't respect certain things, mm-hmm. how can we respect a person? But, I mean, yeah. let's let's be honest. It's it's time to jump off Cecil, Cecil, however you want to call him, and let's figure out things like why should a traffic stop end in death? And, yeah, mm-hmm. and we're not saying, you know, we're not saying don't care about animals. Like, no. mm-hmm. you know, everyone loves animals. That's fine. Not saying anything like that. But it's important and everyone should s- just stop when some of these things happen and say, what does what does the what does the reaction of people tell you about them, tell you about how they think? And if you just listen very carefully, it'll be very obvious when people are responding. You see comments. The way they respond to these situations tells you everything. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I, I feel like uh, in part is sort of animals are like when these scenes happen, um, you know, uh, to, to people there. You see a lot of this sort of perfect victim kind of thing going on like oh hey you know we're, we're you know were they was it justified that we should care right you know before uh you know because because ultimately when you you at when you're asking people to to care about uh the system gone wrong you're kind of implicitly asking them to kind of maybe see where they're complicit in sort of supporting this system like you know you can't you can't just blindly support cops um, and also really look at what happened with Sandra Bland. Like, like you're sort of asking people to make a choice and then they're going to go, well, instead of me having to make that choice, um, did she, was she speaking to the officer? Right. So they're they're going to start going into all this stuff. Is, is she worth questioning where an animal 
animals, people show this intensity, I think, for animals because they're always perfect victims, right? Animals are innocent. They don't, they don't talk to us. They're, you know, they're, they're, they're basically in, in human terms, innocent. So they can sort of pour and project all of their thoughts and their feelings on this lion, right? Um, you know, I saw a sign, it just boggled my mind, like, I am Cecil. A yeah, person was holding up, and I was just like, no, you're not Cecil. You are not <laughs> in any way and shape a lion. You can't yeah. actually relate to how a lion lives because you're a human being, right? You know, and was this person, you know, going to hold up a sign that says, I am Sandra Bland? Likely not, no. right? And, you know, but but again, it's, it's – for people, we're asking them to take response. You know, sad as it is, we're asking them basically to take responsibility, and they don't want to. A lot of times, when, whenever if I have time tonight, I'm going to make an "I am Sandra Bland," and I'm going to hold it up, post a picture on Facebook, and see if it gets any uh, any emotions going tonight. Because I think that's a good point. Who would write that? You know, but I am Cecil, and I I feel so with the people of color thing being more visible now. I think it got a lot worse when Bill Cosby got addressed of having giving women quaaludes and then raping them while they were knocked out. Because let's be honest, one of the statements that I've heard in my family is, is, oh, we really like him. He's He seems really white whenever I have black friends that were not black acting. <laughs> right? So mm. I could have that friend over because he seems really nice or he's clean cut or he's he he seem he doesn't seem like other black boys or girls and i think bill cosby was that epitome of the white person's oh but he's really white black guy and when this happened i just thought to myself all the work cosby has done to promote uh, uh you know the black community is almost washed away in the white mindset right now because of what he did is there any agreement or disagreement with that? I, I wish that people could see the look on my face. I know. I, I'm sorry that my family's like that, by the way, but I figured I'd put into perspective with Bill Cosby how I think people see him, at least on the white side of things. Well, he was the perfect model minority while the Huxtables were a thing because he made it. You know, he, he wasn't the dude they saw on the news robbing a frail white woman and attempting to rape them. And now that the varnish has come off and we see that he was a dirty old fucking man that, that drugged women for sex, um, that shine has come off. I mean, Spellman said, no, keep your fucking money. The cover of New York Magazine and the empty chair and, and some of the women that have come forward. And the fact that it took a male comedian talking shit about him for anyone to even take this seriously. Man, there, there's so much to unpack with it because, you know, it was like, go to college, be like the Huxtables, you know, don't, don't be like, um, oh God, what's his name? You know, the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air was on, you know, afterward and it was at, you know, the, the city thuggish cousin came there and he got, got kind of, you know, they did a Pygmalion type thing with him where he got like the other um, folks in the family. But then they kept that real with, you know, some real hard life lessons about no matter what we do, no matter what we make and how successful we are, people still see us a certain way. And I could be misremembering the Cosby show because I was kind of little when it came on. 
but that minor model minority ideal and stereotype of him is gone and the idea oh all the work mm. you did in the black community he mm, i i can hear quinn like making a noise he's verbalizing what's in my head so so i'm gonna <laughs> i'm gonna stop before i like because it's just like it's just gonna be like swear 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 random words swear if i don't stop talking <laughs> so so i'm gonna episode three extremely explicit oh it's it's just like f-bomb f-bomb in spang in the key of spanglish that will be the episode title um so I, i'm well, I, quinn just take it because i'm i'm okay I, i'm not okay I, you know i i actually i actually from what i've been seeing i think like sort of uh, pundits and like 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 anyone who is kind of on this kind of weird you know all lives matter kind of like invalidating mm-hmm. thing absolutely loves this Cosby stuff right oh, you know yeah. because because then they can you know like like the same type of people who are like well you know hey sure you you got killed by a cop but what about black on black crime right they'll be like hey what about Cosby like he's a perfect derail from like any other kind of discussion that we can have, right? Like he's this perfect distraction. And then he's even amongst sort of, you know, I mean, we, we have so many, you know, uh, you know, I mean, I, the whole thing makes me beyond sad, right? Cause I, I have all of these like images and sort of things of Cosby and stuff like that. And it's just like having to say goodbye to that picture in my mind of Cosby is just, it's heartbreaking. You know, it's 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 really heartbreaking. But at the same time, it's like, what are you going to do? Right. You know, and, and then you, and then even within the black community, you see a lot of division where people are like, this is just a, a scam. This is just a conspiracy to take them down. And it's like, uh, this is this might be one of the best conspiracies I've ever heard of. <laughs> like, if true. Right. Like this would be incredibly masterful. I'm not sure people could really do something like this. You know, it's 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 so it, it, he he. Oh, it's, it's so hard. It's so hard. I mean, it's, it's, you know, you just don't like, it's one of those things that you just don't want to be true, but kind of pretty much is. You Absolutely. Know? And I think that, you know, it's, we're still in that situation where, um, you know, a, people of color are judged by the worst person in their group. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the same mm-hmm. is not true for everybody. <laughs> you mean white now people. you could be having a discussion <laughs> and you could say you know all the reasons like look at all these amazing african-american men and women and all the, these things that they did oh but what about bill cosby well you know, it's like what are you supposed to drop the mic with that now? I, I think that happened too with um when later on what was it like in the 90s when jesse jackson was really big and then we found out that he was an adulterer Right. In general, like his he went down the drain so fast that they had that one thing to pin on him. One thing. We're all human. We have flaws. We do wrong things. We all do. Mm-hmm. We've all probably some way been, you know, even the greatest of us have probably been, you know, uh, hateful in some way that we shouldn't have been. Mm-hmm. But. Person of color did one thing, and then the whole thing went down the drain for that one person. I mean, don't get me wrong; he still has some, you know, he still has some uh, say in things. He still has some clout, but not like he did. Just like, just like Bill Cosby, he had all the clout in the world. Everybody loved him. He was the model citizen, at least when he was a Huxtable, right? And here we go. 
it's gone. Mm-hmm. It's one thing. It's one type of thing. And like you said, well, you, if you can't trust Bill Cosby, how can you trust any black person, any black man? That's probably what the saying will be. And it's like, what are you freaking talking about? And you're right. The problem is they always see the worst person. Uh, every rapper is a gangbanger. Every hip hopper is is this and that. And you know, uh, every every uh, person that's a female trying to need diverse games is really just trying to take away gaming from either a male or or you know attack us white guys. And it's ridiculous mindset. And I, I don't know. I just. Okay, go ahead. You talk about whatever you want. Talk about whatever you want. Sorry, my chest, my to... chest hurts. I'm, I'm stressed out that uh, because I, I don't know, I don't know. I'm white. That's what's bothering me right now. <laughs> that, that I feel like I have the, I feel like I have all this uh, on my shoulders. You know, I can't. I mean, obviously, uh, you know what? I'm just dragging you on the podcast. Get and talk. <laughs> I love the passion, Matthew. That's Thanks. what we need. You're ready. You are already doing a great deal by having this podcast. Tanya, you being on this podcast, you're doing a great deal. All we can do is send our own little signal out into the, the universe and and hope that people will, you know, um, mm-hmm. take that message in and and maybe think about things differently. Um, Quinn, I thank you so much for. Uh, sharing your wisdom with us i can tell in the way that you speak you really go out of your way to try to understand the person on the other side of the argument i wish the person on the other side of the argument did the same (laughs) more often than not but i think what we can definitely all agree on is you need to take it this on a case-by-case basis Mm -hmm. one person does not represent the entire culture uh that entire group of people you know, and, and it's a very narrow minded thing for you to see one person of that culture and say, oh, they must all be like that. And uh, we never want to be that narrow minded. So mm-hmm. it's, a, it's great that we're having this conversation. And Quinn, I thank you so much for being part of our podcast tonight. Moving on. Are we moving on to dessert? Oh, thank you. It's, it's been great to be on. I had a lot of fun. Absolutely. Why don't you uh, go ahead and uh, tell the listeners, what have you been playing? What have you been watching? Um, so I've been playing a, a tremendous amounts of Elder Scrolls online. Um, uh, I'm filling up all, all, all my free time uh, with, with that. It, it is uh, really fun, uh, and I, I enjoy that one a lot. Uh, I've also been playing... Uh, Skullgirls. Um, I'm really into fighting games, and so that that's my new one that I'm getting into. And um, I'm constantly playing MKX because MKX is the best Mortal Kombat ever by far. It's incredible. Um, and uh, what I'm watching is uh, Hannibal uh, because I cannot get enough of of this weird serial killer meets cooking show meets (laughs) art house film like it is just uh like crazy and dark and pretentious and just it is a really fun show um and i and i hope somebody picks it up for a fourth season i I really want a fourth season of Hannibal. nice absolutely thank you for sharing tanya what have you been up to lately 
I'll be playing The Witcher 3 probably until I die at the rate I get to, uh, <laughs> at, at the rate of time I get to put into it the last couple of weeks. But I'm finally past the point where I lost my saves. Um, yeah, so I'm in Novigrad. And, you know, chasing after Dandelion, or Dandy as I keep wanting to call him, because saying looking for Dandelion just sounds silly to me. Um, but I also got Journey, because I'd never played it on the PS3. It's amazing and beautiful and so calming. Um, one of these days I will stream it because I heard it's, it can be either a very short game or kind of a longer game. So if you owned it previously, it's free. And if not, it's only 15 bucks. It is so worth it. Um, I downloaded Bastion because it was on a steep, steep sale. And it was very interesting because I kept falling off little blocks as they um, formed under you. So once I figured out that I should not, um, you know, run right off the edge of things, it was actually a lot of fun. But I, I just started playing that over the weekend. And like Quinn, I'm putting in time with uh, Mortal Kombat X. So once I get once I get better, we'll have to uh, have some matches, Quinn. Sounds oh, good. Yeah. That's good for a stream. Uh, <laughs> who's, your main, who's your main character, Tommy? Scorpion. Who else? Get over okay. here! <laughs> and Quinn, which one are you maining right now? Uh, Reptile. Oh, that'd be interesting. Awesome. Uh, two classics. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Alright, well, I'll jump in here. Uh, there was a sale on Xbox Live for the Fable Trilogy. And that is something mm -hmm. that my older brother always tried to get me to play, and I just never got around to it until now. And now with the Fable Anniversary out, um, for 14 bucks for all three games, I just had to jump on that. And long story short, I absolutely love Fable. It is an action RPG, and I, I think those are so great. No character creation, which is a, uh, a big load off for me. I usually get stressed out and take too long creating my <laughs> character. So that was great. Um, for the second and third games, I was able to choose to be a female character, which was really great. And I ended up being the queen in game number three, which a lot of people don't like. But, you know, I thought it was really cool. Um, the next game, this one also has a character creation uh, section, Saints Row 4. So um, I gave my significant other the controller, and she made a, a character for me. And in Saints Row 4, the main character is the president of the United States. So in my game, the first Latina president, female president, <laughs> and she has a really deep British voice. So we're going we're gonna to say that she's a, a, a drag queen president, and I'm having tons of fun uh, hopping around. It's a... Uh, it really invokes crackdown for me, um, jumping around and collecting orbs for power-ups. Um, so if you haven't tried that out, I would highly recommend Saints Row 4. I think, Tanya, I remember I saw you streaming that. Uh, that was a while ago, probably yeah. a few months ago. Yeah, I got that, and I also have Get Out of Hell, the, the DLC, which is hilarious, because you're stuck in hell. Oh, uh, yes. Yeah, that's the, sta that's the standalone uh, expansion, yes. right? You don't need the base game for Exactly. That. And you play as Johnny Gat in yep. that one? Alright, so that's a first for the series. I know I've played all of the Saints Row. Really funny, funny game. Um, then I've fallen back into the pit that is Destiny. My friend, he's a huge Destiny player. He actually has three characters on Xbox One and three characters on PlayStation 4. So I'm just like, whoa, dude. I already have a job. I can't do too much. But I am... Uh, uh, chugging along there I just got the House of Wolves expansion and uh, looking to level up my guardian there so if any of you guys are playing that you should hop on with me 
And then, uh, as per the suggestion of uh, last week's host, uh, JP Fairfield suggested the show Steven Universe. So I actually got a chance to watch the first couple episodes there. And I will echo her recommendation for that show. It's just so wonderful, so cute, so funny. Really interesting characters and and, uh, powers. And the art style is just amazing. It really kind of is a throwback to those old Cartoon Network shows that we used to watch. And and just the music is amazing. And I, I would highly recommend that one. Here's a question: uh, Is it is it fit for my seven year old daughter to watch? I, after watching the first two episodes, I would definitely say yes. Cool. Okay. Yeah. Because some, some of the stuff know. on Cartoon Network can be a little racy. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So I just wasn't this sure one, about Steven Universe. This one uh, kind of has that fine line where it um, will have jokes, very comedic jokes for the kids, uh, physical comedy, but then it also has more adult jokes for you know the older audience members too. So yeah, I definitely say you could watch this one with your okay. kids. Cool. Yeah. All right. And we'll hand it off to you, Matthew. What have you been playing? What have you been watching? So I've been watching my windows 10 update last night. That's oh, what I've been yes. watching. I had to uh, manually run it. I was excited you've been watching it update. Yes. It was the first time I was excited for a windows update since 98. And Ooh. I, so far I've only got to play with it a little bit, but I'm very happy with it. And I have to say, that they may have done something right in the realm of browser because Edge is super duper fast, and I can't complain. I'm telling you what, if you have the chance to update to Windows 10, do it just for that browser. That's how blazing fast it is compared to Firefox and Chrome. So I'm loving it right now. That's awesome. And, you know, I have a MacBook Pro. Oh, yeah. So unfortunately, yeah. yeah. You know, I, I I do know that there's a way with boot camp though that you can, you know, fudge around there and maybe get Windows 10. So maybe you can help me with that one of yeah. these days. Maybe Definitely. Now Wizards games, are. game wise, I have uh, been playing Forza Horizon 2 still. I'm like 40 hours in, but wow. um, I have changed over to Witcher 3 again. I was only about four hours in, so I'm starting that up again, which I'm really happy about. And I just saw on my phone when I was serving the App Store, Angry Birds 2. So I have a new bathroom game. So I'm pretty excited about that. And that's really all I've had the time for lately. Between the podcasts and some work stuff and some family stuff, uh, just came back from vacation and everything. I've had little time, but I got some new games on the board for us to talk about here at dessert time. So I'm happy. Beautiful. Um, before we get into the social media business, which is coming to the end of our podcast here, I want to turn to Quid Murphy. Tell us where our listeners can find you and where we can engage with those wonderful games that you are creating. Yeah, um, so I'm on Twitter, uh, QH underscore Murphy. Uh, I, I will just warn folks like I always do. Um, I do abuse character limits. Um, I do sometimes go on fairly long rants. Um, I can, uh, at times, monopolize your timeline. I try and keep it cool. I try and keep it informative uh, and interesting, but I can be verbose uh, on, <laughs> on Twitter. Um, you know, I'll list me or something. Uh, but then uh, I uh, write on Thought Crime Games. It's, it's a little light now, but like even just the archives will uh, have a lot of... Uh, stuff that people still like uh, looking at um, and there'll be new content on there in a little bit. Uh, And uh, lastly, I have uh, 
uh, Patreon, uh, where I'm designing some games and, uh, you know, I'm designing games every month or two and, uh, he, working on, uh, a couple of really cool ones right now. And, uh, and then I'm going to have a, uh, launch soon, a newsletter tied to it. Um, so just like, uh, some of the, some of the stuff that goes off Twitter, um, I'm just going to sort of do long form pieces every week. Um, so, uh, you know, lots of thoughts about, uh, tabletop design and, uh, my experiences and some of the places where I want to take it. Um, yeah, those are, those are main places right now. Awesome. Well, that sounds amazing. We're all really excited to play five fires. So make sure you let us know when that is coming out. The official Most version. definitely will. Awesome. Quick shout out to JP Fairfield from Nerdgasm Noir and Operation Cubicle. If we have any new listeners from last time, hello, new listeners. Thank you so much. And I hope you will stick with us, everybody. This has been episode three of Chromatic Life podcast. Uh, thank you so much for joining us. You can engage with us in several different ways. You can find the show on Twitter at Chromatic Life FM and send your questions and feedback to Chromatic Life FM at geeked.fm. At geeked.fm, you can also check out Tanya's show, which is Fresh Out of Tokens, and Matt's other shows, Geeks in Sneaks. And what was that last one? More Than Bits. More Than Bits. And uh, you can find Tanya on Twitter at. Cypher of Tear, you can find Matthew at Langsalot81, and you can find myself at Javier Payano on Twitter. Thank you so much. Thank you to our guest, Quinn Murphy, for joining us, and we hope you have a wonderful week. Ta-ta!